The Jets are back home on Sunday to take on the defending AFC champion Bengals at MetLife Stadium. Joe Flacco and company are looking to keep the momentum going after that miraculous win in Cleveland. Can Gangrene win two in a row for the first time in two years? We'll preview that game and make our predictions. Also, Nick Mangold will enter the Jets ring of honor at halftime on Sunday. The seven-time Pro Bowl center is going to join us on this episode. So take flight. It's time for a new episode of Gangs All Here from the New York Post. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get off my lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only our gang's all here. We love it. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Jets beat writer for the Post, Brian Costello. It's Nick Mangold week, so why not have Nick Mangold on the show? He's going to join us in just a few minutes for an all-encompassing interview, Cos, on everything from Hofstra football to drinking with Mark Sanchez <laughs> to the Ring of Honor to the Hall of Fame. I love Nick Mangold. He's fun. Yeah, Nick was a blast to cover. Always entertaining. You know, as funny as Nick is... He's much better now as a retired player talking on the record. Nick was fun in the locker room, was joking, but like when the, as soon as the, light, the cameras came on, Nick could turn it off. <laughs> he and he and Brick learned in the Mangini era of don't say anything, and he pretty much stuck to it. But he is a great guy, and um, he was always a pleasure to deal with. In the and this is well deserved, right? Absolutely. I mean, seven Pro Bowls on the Hall yeah. of Fame ballot. This is going to be special. Wow. You know, it's only going to be a two minute speech, but it's going to be a special day. Yeah. I mean, Nick's one of the best players in the history of the Jets. There's no debate about that. He was incredible for 10 years there, 11 years. Uh, you know, and that line that was together in 2008 and 2009 was just inc- was so, so good with him and Debrika Shaw, who will go in later in the year in the Ring of Honor, along with Alice Fanica and Damian Woody and Brandon Moore. That, that line was just terrific incredible how durable they were together uh you know jets fans have witnessed it now there's been a lot of transition on the offensive line even in the last month never mind the last you know six years or whatever since nick and brick were gone but just amazing durability during their careers and just high production and the beard the hair he had that aura around him that new york loves i love seeing him you know at ranger games chugging a beer and you know he'll tell us about when he might chug one if you're there on Sunday and also if you're there on Sunday coming out after the game, I'll be doing a show with Tony Richardson. Wayne Corbett's expected to be there at the House of Q. So you walk over that tunnel, that overpass it's presented by Tri-State Cadillac. Come on over. We'll start around 5 p.m. Start setting up around 430. Come take pictures with Corbett, with Tony Richardson. 
If you want one with me, I mean, you're welcome to, but wow, that's an, that's an offer, huh? (laughs) I'll be the third wheel of this, uh, of this crew here. Uh, so 5 PM, we'll start recording. We'll have video of it. So come out. Beers will be flowing. It should be a fun time after jets Bengals. We'll preview that game in a minute because you have stirred the pot. Joe Flacco will start Sunday. And now your story has come out and in Twitter terms, it's in somewhat getting ratioed right now on Twitter. As we record this Wednesday night, you know, you don't write the headlines, but the headline of course is Zach Wilson is Jets future, but Robert Sala must keep riding with Joe Flacco. The floor is yours guys. If he remains hot, it should be the end of that headline, right? That's, that's the cut. I, I think if I think Flacco, there was some magic on Sunday, Jake. I don't think he was Aaron Rodgers or anything against the Browns, but you know that I thought he played pretty well for most of the game, and then he played really well in the last two minutes. And he made the plays, he led them down the field. I thought his calmness was huge for this team. They've got a lot of young players, right? We've talked about a, a ton, a lot of young running backs, a lot of young wide receivers, uh, some young linemen, and Flacco just kind of instilled confidence in them, I thought. And I, you know, they call him, you know, they always call him Joe cool. And that's what he was. Uh, and I thought he played, I didn't think he played as badly as everyone else did in week one. I thought week one, the problem was they didn't block for him and they dropped a lot of passes. I think he showed Sunday against the Browns. If, if he has time, he can still be a good quarterback in the NFL. And to me, uh, if he plays well Sunday against the Bengals and the jets win and, Monday morning, Zach Wilson's knee is healthy. I, I don't know. Do you, do you go away from what's working, Jake, and, and go to Zach Wilson? Uh, you saw the video, too, of Flacco celebrating after the game with his teammates. Like, that's a guy who's pretty loved by his teammates right now and respected. And not that Zach Wilson's not. I'm not saying that. But I just think, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And the offense, I think the offense was the problem in Cleveland. I thought the defense was. So let's see what he does. It's a big if, right? Let's see what he does Sunday. It may, he might, the wheels might come off. And if then, then, then turn to Zach, it's fine. But if my point was, if things go well Sunday, the Jets win and he plays well again, I don't see how you take this away from him. I have trouble disagreeing with you guys on this because 307 yards, four touchdowns against the Browns on the road. I mean, it stands out to you and his resiliency towards the end. It's hard to deny what you're saying here. Now, if he goes out and throws two touchdowns, two picks, 250 yards, you go to Zach, but Salah doesn't seem he's fully committed yet. He says when Zach's healthy, he'll be there, but he didn't say Zach is my starter in Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, it's pretty – they're leaving themselves like this openness of like, oh, Pittsburgh's the earliest he could play. So, you know, there's no doubt if if Salah agrees with what I'm saying, Monday it's going to be, well – we're going to give Zach another week to rest. Let's let it make sure his knee, we want to make sure his knee's 110% before he plays. They have an easy out, which they sort of did last year. Remember Jake with the Mike White and then even Flacco playing. That was longer than we expected for Zach to be out at that time. And it felt like then they were buying themselves another week. They didn't want him to face the Miami defense that then Houston was coming up, which was a nice landing spot for him. So, yeah, there's an easy out for Salah to say, oh, you, you're not saying, oh, we're picking Flacco over Wilson. We're saying that we're going to give him another week and make sure he's 100% healthy. So that, that is set up for them if, if they want to do that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out because as much as I do want to see Zach Wilson out there, you know, you're not going from Joe Flacco to Joe Montana. You're going to a struggling young quarterback who didn't show us a ton last season who you're hoping grows and gets better and you're hoping this offseason and going to Idaho and the team bonding and everything we've heard from him, he'll be good. But it's not like they're going to a guy who's proven himself. So as much as I want to see Zach 
I, I would love to see a, a win over the Bengals on Nick Mangold Day in front of a packed house. The storyline would be incredible. Kyle. Yeah, I mean, and I know Jets fans are going to rip me apart, right? They are right now, yes. <laughs> but, like, Zach Wilson hasn't thrown for 300 yards in his career yet in one game. He doesn't have one 300-yard game. He had 297, I think, against the Titans um, in overtime. Flacco's thrown for 300 yards two weeks in a row. Now, granted, he threw 59 passes against the Ravens, threw for four touchdowns on Sunday. Zach Wilson's never thrown for more than two. You know, Zach has one comeback, and Flacco has a lot more than that in his career. He's just a lot more experienced, Jake. I, I don't think – I get that at some point you have to see what Zach Wilson is and, and does, but I don't think you necessarily have to pull the plug on this three games in if it's going well. And if, again, if he falls on his face Sunday and Flacco, if he does not play well and Zach's ready to go, I fully understand going back to Zach. But my thing is if he's not, if he looks like the hot hands, I'm not sure you can go away from him. Yeah. And I'm sure Jets fans listen to this are saying, Jake, how can you not agree with us on this? Like fight cause on this. I, I just can't because I, I think one more week isn't going to kill the Jets if Flacco starts one more. And even if he's solid against Pittsburgh, Zach will have to be 100% by then unless something happens in practice. He hasn't had a full you know, week of practice. He hasn't had an actual practice, like 11-11, going against a defense. It hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah, they're ramping him up to more 7-on-7 seven seven this week, but Salah said no 11-on-11. 11 11. So you'd think next week would go 11-on-11, 11 11, and that would be when – you know, he could be ready for Pittsburgh or again, do they, do they say, let's wait another week? You know, there's no, not like last year where there's a soft spot on the schedule coming up in terms of defenses. I'm looking at the schedule now. You get Dolphins next, but at least that's home could be a you good. Know, the Dolphins defense is pretty good, right? Yeah. I know they gave a lot of points this week against Lamar, but they're usually pretty good. They, they do a lot of crazy stuff. Packers defense is pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure about the Broncos. There's no right soft now. spot, really. Yeah. So yeah, so I mean, you're gonna have to play him at some point, but I just, I just don't think you need to be in a rush if, if it feels like you got a little magic going, right? Like the more, the, more important than anything else, like is win some damn games, right? And they won a game, Jake, that we talked about on Sunday, that the Jets never win. Right, so if, if they if they can get a little roll here, ride it. Ride it as long as you can. It's going to be the talk of Twitter over the next couple of days. We'll have to discuss this next week. I'll discuss it after the game, whatever happens, with Tony Richardson and with Wink or Bet. But Bengals, Jets, cue the music. Here we go, Cos. The Jets are looking for their first win streak, two-game win streak since 2020. The Bengals are five-point favorite, over-unders 45, 1 p.m. And how about this? The Jets get in the uh, iconic duo of Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. No Spiro Adidas and Jay Feely on the call. Uh, Jets fans are, are pointing to the sky saying, thank you. Finally, we get the 18 on CBS. I'll be at the game. It's going to be nice weather, so I don't think I'm lasting four quarters in the press box again. I might have to roam around. We'll see. Uh, what happens but I'm, I'm excited to be back hopefully it's better than the first week cause i'm worried about this game but also like excited the storyline cause with mangold with after a win i think fans are a lot more pumped i feel good about the storyline but i just think this is going to be tough i'll let you start here Bengals coming in oh and two in desperate need of a win joe burrow has been bad his offensive line has been worse this is a desperate Bengals team let's say 
Yeah, I agree with you, Jake. Desperate Bengals team does not set up well for the Jets. I'm going to pick the Bengals. I don't have a score for you, Jake, yet. I haven't really dug in on the score. You have to, People have to check out the post on Sunday to see what my score prediction is. But I do think the Bengals will win this game. Like you, like everything you just said, I, I think the Bengals are 0-2. But if you look at those two games, they could have won those two games. Um, they lost, you know, Pittsburgh and Dallas barely and they haven't played that well. I think they, they're a better team than their record indicates, obviously, defending AFC champions. I also do think the Bengals are going to come in here looking to get a little payback for last year. Uh, I don't think they enjoyed the drubbing they took you know, from Mike White, 400 yards. I mean, it was a close game. It was a 34-31 that one last year. But the, uh, I think that will play into it. I think they'll, they'll have some pride there. And I, I just have to figure out that I, I have to believe Joe Burrow figures it out at some point. Jake, he's too good not to. So... I think uh, the Bengals win this one, but I'm, I'm not quite sure how close a game it'll be yet. I, I, I haven't uh, really thought about that too much yet. All right. Well, Cod is for the first time this season is taking the other yeah. team. How about that? It took yeah. till week three. Uh, I'm a homer. Call me a homer. Yeah. Let's let's sh- we'll check in on your mailbox uh, next week to see what the uh, the yeah, mailbox have- is not good after a win, Jake. The mailbox after there were still some complaints, but there's not too many. It's better after a Jets win or a prediction of a win? Oh, it's better after a Jets loss, the mailbox. Yeah, and if I predict them to win and they lose, that's like the ultimate. Yeah. All right, so we'll we'll see next week. We'll check in on the mailbox. CJ Uzama, revenge game if he plays. Now, what is it? It's looking like he's a game time decision, right? We're not sure. He he told our colleague Ryan Dunleavy today that he's playing. Um, Oh. So, yeah. Scoopage. Yes, I mean, that's a player saying he's playing, so the, the training staff could rule him out. But I would think he'd play, right? I don't think it was that. If it was a game-time decision last week, that means he was close to playing. He, I think he'll play this week. Because against his former team, I think he's going to show out on Sunday. I mean, does he have a role, though, Jake? Like, clearly Tyler Conklin's tight, the first-string tight end right now. I mean, he played, what do you get, 23 snaps in week one? And so I, I don't know. I don't know how much run. And don't forget Carl Lawson revenge game, too. Mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball and think that that pass rush is going to be key to this game. Can they keep exploiting the offensive line of the Bengals, right? I think they, the Bengals are on pace to give up the most sacks in NFL history right now, which I don't think will continue, but the Jets' pass rush has been a little underwhelming so far. I think it's been a tough matchup for them with uh, two run-heavy teams. This one, they can pin their ears back and go after Joe Burrow and, and try to, you know, but Carl Lawson, revenge game, CJ Uzama, revenge game, and then who's covering Jamar Chase, Jake, is the question. I mean, it's got to be sauce, right? I mean, DJ Reed's been great too, but I, Jamar Chase, I expect Reed to cover T. Higgins. I don't think they'll move. I think they'll stay on sides. So I think it'll be... I think it'll be whoever's on the side. Solid, the pass is not really matched up. So I think they'll be, I think it'll be a group effort. That's going to be the matchup to watch. And, you know, Chibode Awuzie versus Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson coming off the game where Garrett Wilson is him with his two touchdown game. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Awuzie, eight targets. Can you say that name again, Jake? Chibode Awuzie. Very impressive. It might be the seven years of French that I took. I don't know if that's French, but it sounds French. The Bengals online has been terrible. They've given Burrow on time. He threw four picks in week one. As much as the storyline and everything setting up for the Bengals to win, my heart's taking the Jets for a positive live post. Wow. 27-24. CJ Uzama is going to have a big day. 80 yards and a touchdown. Carl Lawson's going to have two sacks. MetLife sacks. rocking. Mangles chugging a beer in the third quarter. And the Jets are winning 27-24, improving to 2-1. And, 
and maybe we see Joe Flacco for just <laughs> four game after stuffing himself with a Pamanti Rose sandwich on Saturday. He'll go out again on Sunday, 27-24, taking the Jets. And that is truly a pick from my heart because they probably are not going to win this football game. Well, Nick Mangold will get honored at halftime. We'll do the show House of Q after the game. Five o'clock, American Dream, just cross the tunnel. Quick walk, about a seven, eight minute walk. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Nice spot. They'll have a whole area roped off for us. It'll be a fun time. But coming up next, in honor of Nick Mangold, Ring of Honor Day, let's have Nick Mangold on next on Gangs All Here. Man, I'm fired up, ready to go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty, joining us now on Gangs All Here is the man of the hour, friend of the program. The first time he came on the show, he's promoting his barbecue sauce, and now he's promoting his own accomplishments. On Sunday at MetLife Stadium at halftime, he will join the Jets' ring of honor. 11 seasons in a Jets uniform, seven Pro Bowl appearances, two trips to the AFC Championship game, and one trip into our hearts. Let's welcome back to the podcast, the center with the beard of Zeus, Nick Mangold. Nick! Congratulations on the Ring of Honor. Welcome to the show, Jake Brown, Brian Costello. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. It was a beautiful intro. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. That's what I pride myself on um, as a bar mitzvah MC on the side. Well, Nick, Sunday is the big day at halftime. Your name is going up into the lights, into the Ring of Honor. What an accomplishment. I know you've talked a lot about it to the media, but just your, your initial thoughts on joining such a cool class of characters. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, um, coming out into the stadium for as many times as I did and seeing the names um, along the ring there and knowing that on Sunday I'm going to see my name up there kind of blows my mind. Like, it's kind of crazy. You know, you never really expect coming into. I mean, I know some guys like, oh, you know what? I want to have this great career and I want to go to the Hall of Fame and yada, yada, yada. But I don't know if anyone, you know, truly believes that it can happen to them. Um, And so I never... Never had aspirations. I just wanted to be as good as I could be. Fortunately, it worked out very well. But it still, it still hasn't really sunk in yet that you know, see my name up there next to Joe Willie's, which is crazy. Nick, and this is probably even kind of crazier to think about. But I'm not sure if it's crossed your mind. Like your name's up there forever, right? Or I mean, at MetLife Stadium, the next stadium, they're going to have something, you know, and. Like your grandkids who <laughs> are going to, your Nick has small kids right now. His grandkids someday will see his name up there. And then for Nick knows this very well from being in the field house at the Jets facility, they have the wall of the field house is all the guys in the ring of honor, giant pictures of them. So like you're immortalized. Like, is that kind of crazy to think about? Yeah, it's very crazy. And um, I'm a little concerned because I didn't get any input on the picture that they're going <laughs> to put up in the, the field house. So I hope they picked it and got my good side. Yeah, it's crazy to me, you know, that forever will be in, you know, unless I do something really stupid, um, <laughs> pull an OJ. Um, OJ's, still on the, OJ's still in the stadium in Buffalo, Nick. So uh, There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> I probably still won't go down that route. I think that's, um, that's not for me, really. But, like, it's just – it's the idea, like you said, like your grandkids um, and children, like grandchildren – 
whether it be great or great, great or whatever, um, if the NFL continues as it, you know, plans to do, you know, so it's, it's grandchildren that I'll never meet that will know that my name's up there is, is mind blowing. Have you looked in a mirror, recited your speech and do you have a box of Kleenex ready? Will, will the tears be flowing at all, Nick? Um, I have worked on my speech. I did not do it in front of a mirror. Uh, so that, that hasn't happened yet. I got it right at about a minute 45. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. That's quality speech writing, I think. And yeah, it, it was very, it was difficult. Like, do you go humorous, you know, like a Peyton Manning style? Do you go, you know, sentimental where you probably will work up some of the tears? And so I would love to go humorous. I just don't think I have the nerves to do that. I was joking around with my wife earlier that I was going to start the speech and, you know, four score and seven years ago, <laughs> I crap wrong one and then, you know, get another piece, piece of paper out and do the real one. But I don't I don't know if I can pull that off. But it is it's tough because there's so many people that, you know, you want to mention and thank. And, you know, really, two minutes is not a lot of time and trying to make sure I get everybody in there. You don't want to leave off like a Ray Barone, leave off your wife and you don't have to deal with that forever. So that's a big thing going through, like with fine tooth comb, like, all right, did I hit everybody? Did I get, did I at least, you know, without saying exact names, did I hit everybody and, and make sure I have it up covered? So that was probably the hardest part of writing the speech. Jets beat writers are included, right, Nick? Of course. I think I said the media in there, uh, which you would get included in under the umbrella. You know, it's, it's not obvious. <laughs> Do your kids comprehend this at all? No, not really. I mean, I would say, so my oldest, um, who's now 11, he remembers games. Um, he doesn't remember, you know, the nitty gritty of the seasons mm -hmm. and everything, but he remembers going to games and, and Pro Bowls and stuff. So he understands and it's it's starting to dawn on him that, you know, not everybody's daddy played in the NFL. <laughs> um, so that's, that's starting to hit home with him a little bit. Uh, the younger, the three younger ones, I mean, my daughter, my youngest daughter wasn't even born uh, until after I was done. So she really has no idea. But she does know just, I think, by osmosis that like I'm associated with green and white. Um, there was one time he, she used to go to a, a gymnastics class around the corner, just right next to a Dunkin Donuts. And she brought home a donut for me one time and she picked it out because it's green. Um, mm, so she kind of just knew by osmosis, she gets yeah. it. Um, and the other two, I mean, my daughter gets it a little bit, my son, the other son, not so much. So I think it won't hit home for them probably until they're a little bit older. Nick, in your retirement, you've been doing, you know, fantastic stuff from Mangold 74 barbecue sauce to your answer, the call foundation to chugging beers on local jumbotrons. You know, I saw you many times at Madison square garden during the playoff run chugging a beer a yankee stadium i ran into i think i pissed next to you in the legends club bathroom oh, there you, you go you and mark Sanchez, Very nice, a, a classic place to run into you know a former jets offensive lineman will you chug a beer especially if the jets are down and need some rah rah will you chug a beer on sunday on the jumbotron um as long as it's after halftime i have <laughs> orders from the powers of be, which is my wife that is the one power it be that i am not allowed to do anything stupid before halftime so she put the kibosh on that but come mid third quarter yeah i mean i'll chug two beers I, it'll be it'll be fantastic i was around you a little bit in the beginning of your career and i, I came on the beat sort of in the middle but i don't think i realized <laughs> now now having gone through the last however many years covering the team and these days it's like guys are here for two years and gone like it's almost, it's been that way. And maybe it's changing with the, the recent last two draft classes, but that group from like about, I'd say like 06 to 12, probably it seemed like you 
you guys came in, you, Brick, Eric Smith, Leon, Brad Smith. Then they added Revis Harris, Thomas Jones. Then Fanica, Damian Woody came in. Brandon Moore was there before you. Then the, then the Sanchez group and Keller. That, that group was kind of like a special group that had this run together. Like, did you realize it at the time, how special that was? And then when you look back on that, is that kind of, do you kind of hear what I'm saying there about, about that group having longevity? Yeah, um, I think at the time... I think we we kind of understood that it was a special group. I don't think we understood how special it was and how, I mean, Brandon Moore, I think I played next to Brandon Moore for eight, eight straight years. So for eight straight years, I had the same right guard next to me where we got to a part where we didn't need to make calls to each other because we already knew. Uh, I knew what he was doing. He knew what I was doing. And, and like it, it just kind of flowed. You, you kind of... Not that you took it for granted, but you, I don't think you realized just how special it was, you know, for then like Brick and I being together for 10 years, growing up together in it. Dave Harris being there for as long as he did. I think he was another 10 year guy, nine year maybe. And so and Reeve, you know, being the great player that he was. You know, and Dave's a funny one because he's, you know, he's a Michigan guy. So obviously <laughs> I hate him, but he is the one Michigan guy that I actually do like. Um, and so it's. <laughs> It was, it, it's neat um, thinking back to the time, like, and Dave's a great example. Like he didn't get as much credit, I think, as he deserved while he was playing just because he wasn't one of the, the Bosher swarms, the loud ones, you know, you have Bart Scott, he's going to overshadow anybody as a linebacker. And so like just seeing the way that the guys put in work and, you know, taking from what the older guys, like Brandon Moore, uh, Alan Fanica, Damian Woody, you know, you had Big Cat, you know, he was here, like even back to, he was only here for a little bit of my time, John Vilma, you know, watching Cromartie and Revis be one and two, you know, it was high level competition and that was pretty neat to see. And then, like you said, as especially in my time, like it started, we had a lot of turnover. I think that, you know, when you're trying to build chemistry, especially offensive line, it's tricky. Like, you know, you look back at the 0809 line, like we started, uh, I think it was like, 26 straight games together or something like that and it was it was a pretty decent streak at the time and that was you didn't realize like how how much easier that made the job everyone being on the same page until you start piecemealing different guys in um and, and it's not to say that we didn't have great guys you know towards the end of my career either you know willie cologne breno uh, we had matt slauson and then brian winters coming through so it was we had we had good guys but it just it always seemed like uh, as a whole team it was like, all right, well, this we got a whole new set. Let's try it again. And uh, you, you don't get that um, continuity as you would like. It's pretty awesome, too, that October 30th, DeBrickershaw Ferguson will join you in the Ring of Honor, the guy that was next to you for you know almost your whole career. You're both up for the Hall of Fame, class of 2023. Are you a Hall of Famer? Do you belong in the Hall of Fame? Brian, you get a vote on that? I don't get a vote, Nick. Oh, damn. So you can't put me on the spot. <laughs> Would have had one right there. <laughs> um. No, it, it's funny. So I was fortunate enough to be, um, you know, my I started my list last year um, and getting nominated for the opportunity. Um, but it's one of those things that, and people have asked me, you know, are you, are you excited? Like, is it possible that, you know, what do you think? Those type of things. And it's nice knowing I've done what I can do other than talk to whoever is the Jets representative voting and tell them, hey, let's make a case. But other than that, there's nothing I can do and nothing I can change to, to make it happen. So kind of just get to sit back and, and relax about it. And, you know, it, it is very nice when people come up and say, oh, you know, this is, you're going to get it this year. Like, and um, I do truly appreciate it. Uh, but at the same time, I make sure I tell everyone, don't hold your breath. 
<laughs> well, what's your prediction? Gun to your head right now. Do you think you're you're going in? Um, I would like to believe that somewhere down the road I'll sneak in on a light class. You know, be like, ah, fine. I guess we'll vote him. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, you're one of the best of your position. I think you you deserve to be in at some point. I'm, I would like to believe that. I'm, and I think that's part of being an offensive lineman. You're not going to, you shouldn't be tooting your own horn too much. You know, hopefully it works out. It would be an amazing honor. But right now, the ring of honor is a pretty monumental step for me. And so, like, the Hall of Fame is kind of somewhere way out there. I've told Nick this story before, I think. And I actually was just telling the story to someone. I forget why. The day I realized how good Nick was was when he wasn't on the field. The Jets had a game in Baltimore in 2011, and Nick had a bad high ankle sprain. And I remember watching him try to warm up in the end zone and seeing Rex and Tannenbaum and uh, the trainers out there watching him and cringing <laughs> that, that he couldn't go. Like, you could just tell from the body language, he couldn't go. And there was a guy, God bless his heart, Colin Baxter, that was, you know, wasn't quite ready for that chance i oh you know what it's because max mitchell was playing i was telling someone this story i said you know hopefully max mitchell doesn't have a colin baxter moment and the first play of the game ed reed blitzed from the edge and just killed sanchez and it was all night long like that was that ravens defense with ray and ed and haloti nada and like mark just was killed and it was like holy crap like this is because mangled isn't on the field like they just don't know what they're doing right now. Like they don't know who to block. I was like, all right, that there's, there's the MVP case for Mangold. <laughs> but, you know, and I know Nick, like that was your first injury, right? Like that was the first, you had missed the Raiders game before that. And that one, like you're, it was painful, but I just remember that was like, this, this is, you know, you could tell how good Nick was when he wasn't on the field. Yeah, that was tough, you know, trying to get going. And there was no hope for Oakland, especially flying, having to fly to the West Coast. So we didn't even we didn't even think about that one. But then going down to Baltimore, we were trying. We did everything we could. And I'm out there. I was like, I don't know. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. And the training staff and the coaches just look at me like, yeah, you can't do it. (laughs) It's like, yeah, but I think I can. Like, you know, it'll it'll be right. Yeah, I mean, that's all well and good, but you can't do it. That was difficult for me, like having fully suited up and then not being able to play was tough. That was the first time that's ever happened in my football lifetime. That was quite draining uh, mentally just for the fact like, all right, I can't be out there. Um, I was close to be out there and, you know, it, it just couldn't work out. That was tricky. And, you know, you hate seeing, you know, the stuff that you work on through the week and having it show up you know, the, the exact way that you talk about it and, you know, not being able to do anything about it uh, was pretty, that was pretty rough. That was a rough game. You don't see the durability as much today as you saw with guys like you and Brick. And like I said, I saw you with Mark Sanchez at a Yankee game a few months ago, 12 months removed since the AFC championship back-to-back appearance. What is that bond like with those guys and with a guy, especially like Mark? Is it just that is, you know, his hands were under your butt for, you know, 10 years? Is it just that kind of relationship, like tell, tell us about that bond that you guys have and those teammates have, and maybe a good Mark Sanchez story. I got plenty of Mark Sanchez stories. That, you know, not a lot I can tell, Can't be but, told. I got um, <laughs> but it's, you know, I, I'm not sure what makes it so special. It's funny. I, I we always joke that he, when he came into the league, um, he was so young and so green. When you actually look at it realistically, I think he's only three years younger than me. And, you know, you, you look at it that way, and you're like, 
uh, he's really not that young compared relatively, but where he was, you know, I think maturity wise and, and everything, it was just a different level. Mark coming in, I think we just bonded. Like he's uh, um, he's a fantastic guy. I love his, I love him. I love his family. Um, and you know, we had some great times together on the field and off the field. And you do that as you know, quarterback center relationships go. Most likely, like that's going to be your closest person that you're talking to um, a lot because you're trying to you know get information and, and share information throughout the week. So other than the offensive line, I mean, that's the next closest person. So having a good relationship is always, I think, crucial for a good quarterback center relationship. And it, you know, it was just, it was neat. So Mark and I were able to spend time together, especially off the field. You know, we did a lot together off the field. It was so funny because we felt, it felt so spread out on our ages, but really we weren't that far off, which is funny. So then like, you know, Fitz coming in where we actually the same age and then same maturity level, like, <laughs> oh, you know, that's, that's pretty cool too. But it was, it, and it's nice that, you know, Mark and I have been able to, to you know, stay in touch and stay connected. Um, even after all these years, it, it, I think that just shows the bond that we had. Who handles liquor more, you or him? Oh, me, obviously. I'm, I'm much more well-trained. I have four of those little nuggets where he only has one. So he's <laughs> not quite there yet. You mentioned Fitz, Nick. That was the other kind of special year. It didn't last as long as that other one, <laughs> that other run, but that year was crazy, that 2015 ride, and you and Fitz really bonded. That team felt like it had great chemistry in 15 and then not in 16. Just, <laughs> can you reflect on those two years and just kind of, you know, the ride in 2015 and then what what kind of went wrong in 16? Yeah, I mean, 15, it was, 15 wasn't really supposed to happen because Gina was, you know, at, at that point was the starter. Um, and then we heard, you know, the punch heard around the world. And so th- Fitz just gets thrust into it. I don't know if, if Fitz has this great ability where everyone knows he played at Harvard and he went to Harvard, graduated from Harvard. <laughs> Um, but he's not one of the Harvard guys that will tell you that he graduated from Harvard. Like he, he also, he knows he's the smartest guy in the room, but he also won't tell you that he's the smartest guy. there. And I think that's why he's, you know, you talk to as many locker rooms as he's been around. I don't think there's too many people that would disagree that, you know, Fitz is a very likable guy. Um, and I think that's his personality, his upbringing and, and the way that he carries himself. And, you know, we had a lot of the, no one knew what 15 was going to be. It was Todd Bowles first year. The craziness ensued with starting quarterback, you know, getting his bra- jaw broken. Fitz being thrown in there. Decker and Marshall coming together and being a, a crazy tandem duo. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was very disappointing um, that we didn't make the playoffs that year. I think the, the crash in Buffalo. Um, after the high of, you know, winning and uh, beating New England, you know, was very disappointing, uh, obviously. And you, you go in the offseason and, you know, you're like, well, what, what the hell just happened? Like, how, how did how did that, you know, how did that even be possible? Um, and then leading into 16, 16 was just such a weird year, um, starting from the beginning, you know, with Fitz kind of doing a holdout type thing with the contract in pass with, with McCagnan and McCagnan then, you know, negotiating against himself and like <laughs> everyone knowing that, you know, Fitz was going to be back, but you know, they, they, you go through spring practices and Gino's running as number one and everyone's just sitting there like, well, we know Fitz is coming back. So like, it's it it all kind of pointless. <laughs> um, and it was also, I think it was a little disappointing too watching that all go down and, you know, Gino being there and, you know, not taking the reins as much as I thought he could. Whereas, you know, all right, I'm going to 
I'm going to show the front office and the teammates that, hey, listen, the, you know, Fitz isn't here. I'm the guy now, and I'm going to lead, and this is going to be my team. Um, and him not really being able to take those reins and do it, um, I thought was a missed opportunity. And then Fitz comes back in, and I think there was strife amongst defensive guys and offensive guys, and you know, things. It, it just it wasn't as easy, I think, as it was in '15. Um, and so when the adversity really hit, um, I just I don't think we had the full team unity that we thought we had. A few more minutes with Nick Mangold at Nick Mangold on Twitter, joining the Jets Ring of Honor on Sunday. Still some tickets left. Jets Bengals, go get your tickets now on Ticketmaster to come out to what should be a raucous atmosphere on Sunday. This current team, Nick, Sunday was miraculous. No one saw it coming. Are you seeing the tables turn and, and the Jets start to maybe be, I'm not going to say playoff team because, you know, I'd be smoking crack saying that at this point. But in, in a year, maybe, maybe next year, do you see this team, the tide turning and this being a playoff team in the next year? Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's always tough to, for the playoffs um, to make that your designation line of like, all right, this is where they're at. Um, I think what I really enjoy, you know, sitting back and, and, you know, I do stuff with the team. I do content. Good tailgate videos. You were with Gotham City crew. I enjoyed that mm -hmm. on tailgate. That was a good time. Uh, they're, uh, what do you call it? The carpet bomb was amazing. The hot dog, the corn dog, jalapeno, look, popper. Look juicy, type thing. Yeah. Ooh, that thing was good. Um, is that, you know, the way that Joe Douglas and Robert Salah are, are doing things, what appears to be the right way. And they're taking the, what we can't, what doesn't really get done anymore because everyone in today's day and age wants the quick fix. Um, you know, we get our news instantly popping up on our phone. Everyone wants things right now and they're building for the long term. And, you know, I think that's huge. Uh, I think Joe Douglas um, has put a emphasis on the offensive line, um, which I might be a little biased, but I do like that approach. Um, and so it's, it, we've been hit a little bit on the injury bug side, um, but there is a focus there. And I like that. Unlike um, previous predecessors that just kind of completely ignored it, you know, that I, I think there is a direction there. So I like the direction that they're going. They seem to be lock and step as they're going. I don't like as many losses have we taken, but it has been a very young team. Um, and so I think that experience it will hopefully help them grow. Um, I love the fight that was there last Sunday. Unfortunately, I didn't see the fourth quarter. Um, I was out promoting barbecue sauce on Long Island. Saw the first half with some fans um, out on the island. I was driving home and my son calls me, my little six-year-old, and he goes, Daddy, the Jets won. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that happened, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> they were down when I left. I'd, I'd be shocked. Um, and he goes, no, they scored a touchdown. They won. And then my wife got on. Um, she goes, yeah, it was crazy. You know, last two minutes, it was, it was a rush. Um, and so I think I like that. I like seeing that fight, being able to, to do special things. Um, you know, I think that onside kick was beautiful, um, making that happen. And I find it funny, you know, Nick Chubb, especially him coming out being like, I lost that, you know, in my mind, it was like, well, the 11 guys on defense didn't really help you out. Um, <laughs> I probably would have scored two, you know, would be up two scores and, you know, think your defense could hold a little bit. So I think he's taking a little bit more blame than he should be. Um, but, you know, it was it was good to see. And so it was great uh, being at the facility today. You know, it, it's always it's always better when with a win. Um, and so it, that was that was good to see. Um, and now it's going to be a big test this weekend.
you know, coming in uh, the 0-2 Bengals uh, who desperately need a win, you know, will we be able to, to handle the task? And so that's a, it's a big question mark. Um, and I know coach is going to get those guys going. Um, and so I'm hoping for a win selfishly because I'd like to have a good time uh, Sunday <laughs> night um, as we celebrate. So um, I'm kind of pushing like, hey, but, you know, let's make sure we get this win here. Uh, help a guy out. Last one for me, Nick. Nick and I ran into each other uh, spring or summer. We, we ran each other in New Jersey. Uh, he, he was eating lunch with his his wife and I was walking by on the street there. And it's better me. than the bathroom stall. It's better That's than the bathroom stall. Much better. Um <laughs> Sanchez wasn't there, but it was much better. Um, what struck me, like Nick, there a lot of guys rent houses here for the football season. Don't you know? Go home in the winter. Like you made a home here. Curious, a guy from Ohio coming here. Were you intimidated at all by New York at first? And then when when did you really embrace it? Like, because Jake mentioned Rangers games, Yankees games. Like you, you've kind of embraced the whole city. When when did that kind of click for you? Um, I think it was early on, you know, it was, uh, when I got drafted and we were coming out here for the mini camp and we landed at LaGuardia, right, it was Hofstra we were driving up to Hofstra, yep. which is funny when you hit them with the trivia, like, Oh, we used to be on long Island. And a lot of, especially the younger guys around the team and everything. And even some of the front office people like, what do you mean you're at Hofstra? Like, well, <laughs> Hofstra class of always, 2013 here, baby. Let's go. Always, I'm sorry. I apologize for you. You had to go through that. <laughs> Um, I saw the, the buildings there. Um, <laughs> and so I, I remember as we're driving out to the practice facility and we're going, um, had to be the, I might have been on the LIE, I guess, or maybe one of the parkways, the Northern Parkway. And I was like, where's all the tall buildings? <laughs> like, this isn't New York City. Like, yeah. this is some weird place that we've landed. I have no idea where I am. Um, it's very confusing. And so uh, I think that kind of, Gave me a, a bit of a shock there because I had, you know, growing up in Ohio, I had no idea about Long Island and, you know, knew nothing about it. And maybe that's a product of my schooling. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it was it was kind of a culture shock getting there. So we had a condo in Westbury right next to Hofstra there, which happened to be right on the Long Island Railroad. And so my wife and I, as, you know, two I was 22. She was 23. Like, well, what are we doing? I guess we'll go into the city and take the train. So, you know, we'd pop in whenever we could taking the train and just kind of fell in love with the city um, and everything that you could do, especially you may or may not have noticed. I am a little bit larger than most people uh, (laughs) and I like food. Um, And so being able to like, oh my God, like we went to a German restaurant, we go to a steakhouse, we go, you know, Mexican place. Like there's so much that the city has to offer. I really fell in love with it. Uh, when we moved to, I didn't, we'll say Long Island, it was a little, it was culture shock for young kid from Ohio. Um, but when we moved to Jersey in 08, we, um, we bought our house here. Um, and, you know, it was right after the housing downturn. So we got a good deal on it. And so we bought a house and you're know, like, and you're know, like, all right, we're, we're settling in. It felt better. Like it was more, um, you know, you were 30 minutes away from horse farms still an hour away from the city. Newark Airport's 20 minutes away, so we can fly anywhere direct. I was like, you know what, this isn't a bad spot. Um, and, you know, we just, I think the roots just got deeper and deeper around here. You know, I fell in love with the Yankees when uh, Nick Swisher was picked up with them um, and he was playing because Nick and I used to work out in the winter at Ohio State. So I was like, all right, you know, it looks like it's Yankees, which I know honks off a lot of the Jets fans. She's like, well, you should be a Mets fan. <laughs> Ooh, let's go Mets. I was like, I'm sorry, I apologize. It's just I knew the guy and he got me tickets. So like <laughs> I became a Yankees fan. 
Um, and then Rangers was a happy accident. It was just, uh, you know, we were going out and Fitz had a connection there. Um, and I, you know, it was my first time seeing live hockey, really, you know, being down by the ice. And I just, I felt I was hooked, hook, line and sinker. They, they got me. Um, and so I fell in love with that. And so it just, and, you know, doing uh, Broadway, my kids love the city. Um, you know, my, my little son, uh, for his fifth birthday, he wanted to go in and see the Dino Bones at the National History Museum. Um, we used to take my older uh, son into the park and just kind of walk around and, and do all New York stuff. So really just fell in love with the area and, and with the people. It's very, uh, especially the Jets, it's a very loyal fan base. Um, they demand excellence, which is understandable. Um, and, you know, they were very, they took me in. Um, and I don't know if it was because I looked ridiculous with long hair and a big old <laughs> beard. It was like, all right, we got we got to do something with this guy. Um, but they they always uh, had a great support for me, and you know I, I appreciated that. And the connection that you have to the first responders around here, the you know the police and firefighters and everything, um, that connection with the Jets, you know, it, it seems like that's a a strong fan base um, that goes along with it, which is really cool. Um, having firefighters in my family, um, you know, it's it, it's a neat connection for me. It's been fun, you know, raising some, my oldest is 11 now. We, we've gone back and forth to Ohio every once in a while, but nothing too crazy. Um, and this is his home and, you know, and other kids obviously as well. So um, it, it's been nice. You know, there's great people around here. I love the little town that we're in. I hate the taxes. I will tell you that. <laughs> the taxes are absolutely terrible. Yes. Um, but that is, and, and, Jersey. I that, and I think that's why guys do it, which is, you know, sad that they don't get to you know really make roots here because they're like well why am i going to pay all this money in taxes when i don't have any kids that i'm sending to school like it seems stupid um so it makes sense but it's also disappointing because you know everyone who leaves here and especially guys i play with like i think the only the only hand there's only a handful of guys left around there's bart scott uh willie's still here um t rich woody. is still here woody's still around right damien woody damien woody's still here and that's about it and everyone yeah. else just kind of goes away and it's difficult to stay in touch with people um, as they move away. And I'm like, I'm still here guys. Like, let's, let's hang <laughs> out. But it's, it, I love it. And so we've, we've since moved from the house we bought in 08 um, just to be kid, closer to the kid's school. Uh, I told my wife, I was like, the next move I'm making is six feet under. Like, <laughs> yes. again, I can't do this. Um, everyone, who's, like, everyone who's moved can relate to that. Yeah, I was like, I hope, I hope you're happier because we ain't going anywhere else. Clearly, you got tired of the announcements of this is the train to Ronkonkoma. The next Ron stop Kunkuma. is Mineola. Maryland yeah. support system. No one no, ever got is, off. We played the the train drinking game was a riot. That what was, was that? Um, so every time it was the, the little chime, it was like ding dong, um, would come on. You had a drink. Um, every time they said the station, like they were like, oh, Westbury, uh, you had a drink. Um, so you get, you know, you get a tall boy at uh, Penn Station, sit on the train. Play the drinking drink train drinking game home and you know you walk across the street you're you're home and go to bed reliving my Hofstra days very well nick where we got rid of our football team after my freshman year unfortunately yeah Rough well time. listen i had so much fun with willie on that i was like so what what school do you fall on again he was like, shut <laughs> up they got rid of my they got rid of football get out of here might explain why I'm not a big college football guy after, you know, I went to like two games. It rained every Saturday. And then they're like, all right, let's 
let's take care of medical stuff instead of football. I'm like, football is more important than a medical school. Let's be real. Anyways, thanks to Nick Mangold. Congrats. You're going to the Ring of Honor on Sunday. Can't wait to be there. I'll be doing a post-game show with your old teammate, Tony Richardson, after the game uh, at American Dream Mall next door. So we're looking forward to seeing you. Congrats on everything. And, uh, yeah, congrats. And hopefully next year we'll be talking about you for the Hall of Fame. As Kaz doesn't have a vote, he knows people who do. So hopefully <laughs> put a good word in. Yeah, we have. What the hell, guys? Come on. Yeah, I'll here. try. I'll try. Um, no, but it's fun. Don't let T. Rich tell you that he lives in the city. He actually lives in Long Island City. He's my neighbor. I'm in Astoria. Right. He's Long Island City. He's next yeah. door. Yeah. He, every once in a while, he'd be like, oh, I'm in the city. Like, no, 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 T. Rich. Yeah. No, no, no. Well, it's one of the five boroughs of New York City. Don't hate on Queens like that. We are a borough, and we're 20 minutes from Midtown. We're not You're far. Long Island. No, we're not. Oh, this is, another, this is a debate for another podcast. It's attached. Oh, Long Island separate. I don't, I don't, I'm eight minutes from LaGuardia. So I, I it's, it's Manhattan kind of, it's just Manhattan. <laughs> it's it's kind Manhattan, of. Manhattan kind of. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the food yeah. is great here, Nick, though. Astoria, we have incredible food. Long Island City, incredible food. So. I believe it. I believe it. I just, I'm not going to go there. All right. <laughs> not Manhattan. Another time. We appreciate the time, bro. Thanks, Thank Nick. Thank you very much. Appreciate you guys. Congratulations, man. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Appreciate it. Lingers there and touched your hair and calls to me. Alrighty, that'll say goodnight to episode 108 of Gangs All Here, our Chet's podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hart and the intern Josh Crawford for helping me produce the show. Great stuff there from Nick Mangold. Always an insightful, funny guy and so pumped for him. A guy that I watched play growing up as a Jets fan, dominate defensive line. So pumped for him for going to the Ring of Honor on Sunday. Looking forward to that ceremony and being there at MetLife Stadium to catch up on all old episodes of Gangs All Here. Go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe, give us a five-star rating, write in a nice review. You can tweet me at Jake Brown Radio. Tweet Brian Costello at Brian Cos or Brian Costello. I'm Jake Brown. Come out on Sunday. We have our special first edition, a live podcast of Gangs All Here at 5 p.m. We'll start setting up around 4:30. Following the Jets Bengals game, it's at House of Q Q U E. It's in the American Dream Mall right next to MetLife Stadium. You walk over that overpass, that tunnel, it'll get you right there. You make a right, you're in the mall, go up the escalator, and there's House of Q. I'll be hosting the show alongside former Jets great Tony Richardson, one of the great fullbacks of all time. Oh, yeah. And Jets legend Wayne Corbett is going to be in the building. So it's me, Jake Brown, Tony Richardson, and Wayne Corbett for a special live podcast that'll be presented by Tri-State Cadillac Dealers. So come out with us after the Jets Bengals game right next to MetLife Stadium at House of Q for our first live podcast. Can't wait to meet you all there on Sunday. I'll see you at 5 p.m. at House of Q for a live gang's all here. And here's hoping the Jets win two in a row on Sunday. Enjoy the game. He is a beautiful SOB.